0: At this wonderful general conference time, it is our privilege to bring together senior leaders of the church from around the world to provide instruction and to unify our effort to bring God's children closer to... <laughs>
1: this is
2: Infants on Thrones, the philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are the core.
3: Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 576. And it has something to do with the uh, reversal of the November 15th policy change. I don't know. I haven't given it a title yet. How about something like um, gay apostate no more? (laughs) Like apostate? Like a gay apostate, no more. You know, because they, the church is reverts. Okay, anyway, but guess what? On this episode, you get to hear from Tom, you get to hear from Heather. I know, right? Heather. And maybe a little bit from Jake. Maybe. I'm just saying, maybe. It's possible. It's possible that Jake may rise from the one time dead and make a brief appearance. Uh, you're going to have to listen to find out. But uh, this is kind of a classic SmackDown, I guess, in infants' style. That we used to do a lot, but now don't do anymore very much, but we did now, and you get to hear it, and it's going to happen right now.
0: Doing a recording with infants Heather! on
3: the Everyone is going to be so happy and excited. I'm happy Heather. and excited. Are you?
0: Yeah. Yay. How are you guys doing?
3: Doing good. All right. See my eye?
0: That is some serious black eye.
3: It was. It was worse a week ago when I had cuts on there. It's a pit bull, right, Tom? Yeah. It a was pit bull. A... Yeah. Pit pit bull was trying to eat my food, and I said, no. Uh huh. We don't
4: uh-huh.
2: do that. We don't do that. It was the first time he wrestled a pit bull down big time.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah. So so they ended up uh getting him fixed. I'm not into yeah. dogs. Yeah. Did
0: that help things?
3: Uh apparently he was being aggressive with uh, other people besides me.
0: B aggressive. B so, B aggressive.
3: Yeah. Be, be be aggressive. Aggressive. yeah. Nice. Now taking me back to my cheerleader days. Cheerleader days. Cheerleader days. It was day. a
0: mascot. That's awesome. I
3: know. You were a mascot. Yeah, I did. I wore like a big Aztec head that I could see I out of the nostrils.
2: That not really surprised me okay why
3: doesn't it surprise you tom i don't know that's why i was just asking why 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 (laughs) is it that we've been podcasting together for nearly 10 years and you've never known (laughs) that i was a mascot
2: you're gonna drop another another truth bomb on me i know
3: so do do you have like a a link uh or something like to do a kind of smackdown style or should we just talk about it
2: sure let's you know what you (laughs) I have only made it about halfway through the Mormon newsroom bullshit. We can do that. Oh,
3: is that, oh, there's like a Mormon newsroom. Oh, that'd be great. It's bad though.
2: And I'm not even all the way through. I got to this one part where I was like, fuck this nonsense. Yeah. All right. Which is interesting because I didn't know there was like a general conference leadership session. Is this something they do prior to general conference? Like, all this news that happened, I guess, today or yesterday. I don't know how, when it happened. It's all breaking today. but why, why Why didn't it break, like, on Saturday when there's general conference? How is this? Did they have, like, a press conference thing or
0: something or what?
3: I don't know. Heather, is that your chair squeaking or is it just your ass?
0: <laughs> I got to get a different chair, don't I? Because
3: you're so fit is what I'm saying.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is it your ass that's making a <laughs> yeah. That's
0: gonna work better, right? Yeah. There we go. You look great,
3: Heather. What have Thanks. you been doing? Seriously. well, I mean, we haven't seen I haven't seen you in forever.
0: In a long time, how have I been doing? I got a cat.
3: <laughs> well that'll do it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm working a lot. My design business is really, really business. Oh, you're really, di- really busy?
3: I don't know anything about your design business. What well, have you been doing? Design.
0: Yeah, three years ago I started design. Is it three years? Maybe two and a half. A design and staging company with a friend of mine, and um, we've just like this year has really gotten a lot more busy. So.
3: Like interior, busy. like home yeah. design kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: interior cool. decorating. Nice. It is fun. That's cool. Oh, okay. Here we go. The first presidency shares messages from general conference leadership session. That's the one, right?
3: That is the one. Okay. This is the place.
0: Great. It's
2: not quite as long as I thought it would be, but I didn't even make it. Well, I guess I was two thirds, maybe three fourths of the way before I said, "That's it. I'm out. I'm done." Uh,
3: yeah, I and I and I haven't read any of it, but I'm still trying to think what Disney songs could could we put with it. <laughs> I think that ship has sailed.
5: Yeah.
0: It was three and a half years ago, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. November 2015.
0: Right, seven hmm. conferences ago.
2: I turned on my I turned on my Facebook today, and I was like, "God damn, I'm a, I got a lot of ex-Mormon friends on Facebook." Yeah, all <laughs> of yep, yep. raging. I was like, "Whoa, okay."
0: We made the Washington Post. Did we make the New York Times?
2: I think
3: so. New York Times. All
0: right, way to raise your profile, LDS Church. right
3: all right so where where do you want to start do you you want to talk about it before we smack it down or you just want to go in and smack it down
0: let's let's just start i think
3: all right all right
5: well well, heather yes why don't you start
0: okay at this wonderful general conference time It is our privilege to bring together senior leaders of the church from around the world to provide instruction and to unify our effort to bring God's children closer to the gospel of Jesus Christ. This morning in a leadership session, the First Presidency provided instruction on several important topics. We are pleased to share with our members and friends some very positive messages from that meeting. President Russell M. Nelson reflected that throughout this past year, the Lord has blessed us with Revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth eternal life. We are all eyewitnesses to revelations from the Lord as he guides the affairs of his church. President Nelson taught of ministering and repenting, sharing that as we embrace the gift of repentance, we will rise up and minister in a holier way and make our homes centers of gospel learning. Israel will be gathered on both sides of the veil and we will help in preparing the world. For the second coming of Jesus Christ.
3: Well, that's all fantastic. Right,
0: Is this right? I, Are
3: we I'm wondering right well, I yeah, because I'm wondering as I'm as I'm hearing this, if they're kind of setting up like they're kind of paving the way to be able to say, you know, mea culpa, my bad. Even we're repenting. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not they're, they're, Are I mean, you sure? We're no, all it's revelation
0: read. upon revelation, paving or, over the old revelations. Like President
3: Nelson taught of ministering and repenting. Yeah, I
2: know. Well,
3: as we embrace the gift of repentance, it's probably repentance for not
0: granting, for not um, what is it, revering and honoring your leaders more.
2: uh, (laughs) But it's repentance to the members. It's not. It's not. It's not fingers at themselves. It's repentance to everyone else. I, I, I don't. I don't see them in a forgiveness tone here.
0: Right there's there's no apology coming. Just just to be clear spoiler alert there will be
2: no, no
3: apologies no, ever. But, yeah, I know. I I guess I guess that's kind of what I mean. This is as close to an apology as it gets. Which is not an apology at all. Right. right.
0: I think you have to really want to see an apology in there. You've got to really be connecting some Strangely arranged dots.
3: No, the, the, but, but repentance doesn't have to include an apology. It can just mean yeah. like a change.
5: No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, so, so here's, here's how I learned about repentance because of my Japanese mission, the word uh-huh. kui aratameru, which means to remorse and to change. So the, the church's position right now, they're looking at how many members just left because of the stupid policy hurts a lot of people and they went uh we're we're regretful that it's had that impact so we're going to change it That's (laughs) that's
2: probably what they're looking at but really what really saddens me about this whole thing and it seems like whether they want to just not acknowledge it or they just want to ignore is the actual damage that was caused by this suicides we're talking about i mean this 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 caused waves of destruction that the LDS church won't even acknowledge. And I think this is the closest acknowledgement that they can get like, Hey, okay, we'll change our minds a few years later. Um, but ooh, I don't know, man, this really gets under my skin <laughs> a lot. So.
5: Mm. All
3: right. What are your thoughts, Heather?
0: Yeah, I mean, when, the, when they are talking about it, they say, oh, we've done this before where we've changed a policy and then changed it back. Like at one point, I think in 1984, we changed the missionary uh, service length from two years to 18 months. And then, you know, several, I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember how, how far after that they changed it back. But they said, so there's there's precedent for this. People, you know, we change our minds, we change our policies. I don't know how many people kill themselves over how the length of the missionary service.
3: I think it I think it was when they went back to two years that people started hanging themselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Too
3: soon. Okay. <laughs>
0: it's a it's a rough one, but yes, I mean this here here's the problem with this. I, I want to really embrace it and cheer and say, well done this is a step in the right direction. And there are a lot of people who are very happy about this, but it's, it's really hard for a lot yeah. of people not to be just completely traumatized by this being back in the news and forefront again, because it's been so destructive in their lives. Well, and, and, it's, and for most people, it's still not enough. Yeah, yeah. We, We've just gotten back to where we were three and a half years ago.
2: And I've been hearing the metaphor, baby steps or breadcrumbs in regards to this change. You know, it, you know, it, it is it is positive if you want to look at no change as the the standard. Well, okay, then yeah, I think we, you know, golf clap
3: that they did. <laughs> I've got I've got John Hamer in my head. From one data point, they've drawn a line.
5: <laughs> yes,
2: I mean I, ha- I have baby steps. I have more interesting thoughts on this. I mean, I I do want to reference this because I, I almost forgot that this happened. But Russell M. Nelson, who reportedly was behind the November policy, right, wasn't the prof- prophet of the church at the time, but he was the one that actually made a big stink about, no, this was the will of the Lord. This was revelation that this November policy, he like doubled down on it, like in February or something like that the next year, mm. when people were, you know, so much backlash and all this stuff. And he's like, no, hey, everybody settle down. This was the will of the Lord.
0: Right. He's sorry, no. go ahead. No, he it. was the one who, who used the term revelation about the November policy and said the Lord had revealed his will to his prophet Thomas S Monson. Yeah. I'm yeah. skeptical that Thomas S Monson had anything to say on the subject other mm-hmm. than where's the bathroom at that point. <laughs> and yeah. yet he mm-hmm. did say it was revelation. Which is a big deal because you know Boyd K. Packer calling uh, the proclamation on the family revelation yeah. was overruled, and they had that word taken out of his talk. Mm-hmm. So it's a very big deal to call something revelation, and this was called revelation by the next prophet of the church.
3: Yeah, I, and I haven't read through this, so I don't know where they're going with it. If I, like I, I think I remember seeing some comment on Facebook that they were talking about this at the level of policy changes from the yeah. church rather than like revelatory gospel changes at whatever level that is, as if there's a difference. Right. Right. But yeah,
0: you'd like to hope there is because revelation means that Christ is leading the church and he's making these decisions and it's all his will and policy yeah. seems like something that men can make and unmake and yeah is not infallible in the way that revelation ought to be. So when you've already cast the policy as revelation, then you try to walk it back and say, oh, that's just a policy change, nothing to see here. But it's a little too late for that, which is maybe why they're starting this with, the Lord has blessed us with revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, trying to say there'll be revelations and then there'll be other revelations that contradict the previous revelations.
2: Yeah. I saw a lot of conversations in believing circles, uh, friends of mine that were essentially trying to break down the difference between doctrine and policy and trying to separate the two by saying, oh, well, obviously, you know, the church can change its policy because it's not doctrine. The doctrine is what can't be changed or whatever, you know, and I, I'm not even, I'm not even the mind frame to even entertain where that's going.
0: Oh, I think that,
3: sorry. That was the Ronald D. Pullman talk from 1984 that they changed. Right. whoever that was the, that was the, that was the, the subject matter
0: culture versus doctrine
3: yeah the, right. the, the church was this delivery system for the gospel that the church could be changed that the, the, the church he actually said in his original talk that we should strive to not need the church <laughs> like like we should be able to just live the gospel without needing the church and that was the thing that the brethren are like uh-uh, you're gonna have to redo that sorry we can't have that so this is yeah, an No old- kidding
0: right shockingly yeah. <laughs> church leaders were yeah. not all in favor of being called obsolete
3: yeah potentially or urging
0: the membership to hasten their obsolescence
3: mm-hmm. but i'll
0: tell you the next um the next paragraph talks just about that sort of distinction between policy and doctrine if somebody right. wants to read it the president Dallin h oaks
2: all right, I'll read that. President Dallin H. Oaks instructed that the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us to love and treat all people with kindness and civility, even when we disagree. God has promised all blessings to those who strive to keep his commandments, and we have a, du- a duty to, quote, bear one another's burdens that they may be light, Mosiah
3: 18.8. See, I would I would love it if that was really, really, really what they did. I'd love it.
2: If it was true. Yeah, 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 right. While we cannot change the Lord's doctrine, we want our members and our policies to be considerate of those struggling with the challenges of mortality. In his his remarks, President Oaks shared information about changes to recent church policies related to lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender
3: members. All right. So I I don't think that my TBM uncle, who I talked about in a previous episode, (laughs) who I've had lunch with since then, by the way, but I, I don't know that he's going to be listening to this. But in case, in case you are, here's what I find um, offensive about what President Oaks said and the way that he framed this. He's talking about people who have same gendered attraction or whatever phrase that we're not supposed to call it, that they call it. They're calling that a struggle. That's not where the struggle is. It's not, the struggle isn't, oh, I'm attracted to somebody of the same sex. The struggle is, I'm not being accepted for who I am. I'm not able to be who I am, and and as long as like President Oaks and other leaders of the church keep framing it like this, it, it's going to continue to marginalize people who just naturally have that a- attraction, and it's okay.
1: There's nothing wrong with it.
2: And I and I really hate when they say that Christ teaches us to love and treat all people with kindness, right? and even when we disagree. Okay, that's fine. Disagreement is fine. And that's, that's normal. Everybody comes across disagreements all the time. But when one organization or church actually devalues or lowers and marginalizes people based on their sexual orientation, that's not just, that's not a disagreement. You're actually being discrimination, discriminatory towards a group of people. That's, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. And,
0: I mean, and, and, and here's the problem with the church's stance on it is they think they can get away with just being civil. Right. With please and thank you. And we love you so much that they can enact policies that doom members of the church to lives of loneliness and despair. Right. That as long as they follow that up with, but we love you so much. And so does Jesus, that that's Okay. But civility isn't kindness.
3: And and I I want to reread the sentence again, because what Oak says is, we want our members and our policies to be considerate of those struggling with the challenges of mortality. How about this? How about we want our members and our policies to no longer be a source of struggling for, for the members? We don't want to be the ones that cause that. Not just we want to be considerate with the struggling, because they're creating that struggle with with the culture and the, these uh, yeah oh
0: i think then you run up against the mormon doctrine and it's not just a mormon doctrine the christian lo- doctrine that this life is a test that we're here life is supposed to be hard we're supposed to prove our mettle that it's got to be a struggle so i, I don't think that they're ever going to say let's ease all of your worldly struggles i think their stance is let's have strength in christ to overcome the struggles whether it's um you know, gambling or addiction or a same sex attraction or whatever. That's the, that's the Mormon mindset and the way that it's framed.
2: Yeah. I really, I, it just, it really irks me that they're calling for civility when they're the ones marginalizing. Right. a group. Right. Yeah. And then they're like, Hey, this is just a disagreement. No, you're marginalizing a group of people. That's not a disagree <sighs> It just, I, I, not, I, I know I can't get past that, but it's like, you guys are calling for civility on this. No, we, we can discriminate and, and marginalize people. It's fine. That's just a disagreement. Can you see that? So let's oh, be yeah. civil here. Yeah. Like, what do you mean be civil? You guys are the ones discriminating. It's kind of like, they passing means, the what front. they mean
0: by be civil is stop calling us bigots. That hurts our feelings. Stop right. calling That's us exactly from bigots. Yeah,
3: right. And and they're passing the buck, saying, "Don't call us bigots. This is the Lord's decision. It's, it's the Lord who doesn't want people to act on their homosexuality. It's the Lord who gives people the homosexual tendencies as a test, and we just need to be kind and considerate as they struggle through what the Lord has done. No, it's not the Lord. No, it's not."
0: And then the the meat of this is that we cannot change the Lord's doctrine. They're not yeah, backing right. away from the doctrine that homosexual acts are uh, what, an abomination, serious, mortal transgressions. Yes, but our policy is going to allow their offspring to be members of the church. Policies yeah. we can change, but the but doctrine we're not touching yet. I mean, although the doctrine changes all the time too, because the doctrine used to be that uh, that same-sex attraction itself was transgressive to have those thoughts or to entertain them was transgressive.
5: Go ahead, Tom.
2: President Henry B. Eyring spoke of continuing revelation in the true and living church, teaching that the Lord has led by revelation through prophets from the time of Adam and Eve to the present day. And such revelation to his servants will continue until he comes again. One reason is that we need the Lord's direction to meet challenging circumstances. Changing. Changing. Oh yeah. yeah. Changing circumstances and he has guided changes in practice and policy throughout the history of the church. We pray these teachings will be received in the same spirit we received them from the Lord. And how yeah,
3: spirit th- is that?
2: and have shared them with our leaders as positive and inspiring instruction that will bless many lives and hurt lots of others. That, sorry, that was not written, written there.
3: With gratitude, we acknowledge... Oh, really? You, added, you threw that one in, Tom? I, I, I added, sorry. So, so President <laughs> Oaks, other people? Oh, okay. Thanks with for clearing you. that up. <laughs>
2: With gratitude, we acknowledge God's continuing guidance and love for all his children and invite our members to renew their commitment to follow the teachings of the Savior, Jesus Christ, to love God and to love one another. Matthew 22. Sincerely, the first presence.
3: Well, at least they're sincere about it.
0: Yes, sincerely. (laughs) What's interesting there is this is the same sort of language that they gave us around the policy change itself. We've received these teachings in a spirit of, you know, positive instruction. We think it's going to bless many lives. That was, this is always the same kind of boilerplate. We've received revelation. We're changing something. Everybody rejoice.
3: And I did see, I did see some, I don't remember where it was, but something where the church had framed it as this policy that was enacted in order to restore uh, balance and harmony to families. It's like, oh yeah, that's why you did it.
5: Yeah. To 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 oh,
3: yes. to, to, uh, to to reduce the potential for conflict among children who are struggling with like, do I do I love my gay parents or do I not? <laughs> you know, like, right. Whatever that conflict was, they were trying to balance out. I don't know. Uh.
2: See the the conflict that I'm seeing already in a lot of uh, believing LDS members right now is is pretty interesting because. I saw, I mean, this is just from this afternoon, mind you, of me just kind of going into some of these conversations, seeing them. And I'm already seeing the conflict in a lot of people by saying, "Oh, because they supported the November 15 policy that that they had to find ways to be supportive of their, of their church and their prophets. And now it's a little different and you can see them like, wait, what? Like, the gears are kind of misaligned a little bit where they're like, we, I went out on a limb to defend this policy. And now the church in such a short amount of time has changed a little bit. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah.
0: Right. I I put a lot on
2: the line here.
0: It absolutely doesn't fit the model of revelation that we've been given that you would get a revelation and seven conferences later, you just undo (sighs)
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This
0: morning I was talking to a friend of mine who is in the church and she has um, a son who is gay. And she was talking about how her son, it, you know, she and her son and a lot of their family think that the church will change and that the church's policies will eventually accept all. LGBT people and transgendered, and will allow them full faith and fellowship and exaltation through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
5: Well I said. That it,
0: we'll, we'll get to that someday, but she says her son, the mere fact that those policies and doctrines are changeable really undercuts the claim to it being a revelatory church. That yes, even if those changes happen, that would make you have you question whether or not the church is true. If you can, you know, if those, pol- those doctrines are subject to change.
2: That's, that was, that was my first thought is in, in, if, if I were going to do the t b m and whisper thing is I was thinking <laughs> if you went out on a, on a limb to defend the November 15 policy, and then this change happened as quick as it did, you're, I mean, now you're dealing with, well, okay, you know the the prophets and the leaders of the church are just men right they, they can make mistakes
3: that would be like Mike Tannehill finding out that uh, the church is changing its position on race in the priesthood
2: right 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 yes but, yes but now you're thinking this because this is in such a short amount of time
0: yeah now, PS we had this conversation my friend and I and then like I checked my phone right after it and this had all broken wow. I was Like. Wow. So what do you think now? She's like, step in the right direction. Not enough.
3: Yeah. All right. So there's this next section here that are details shared by President Oaks.
0: Yeah, Here's, this is important. We really need
3: Bob for this one, don't we?
0: We do. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh,
3: Sorry at the for direction.
0: my squeaky chair. Go ahead.
3: Oh, are you still in the squeaky chair? I don't I know. know. I this one it.
0: started squeaking too. Okay.
3: No, I haven't heard it. I haven't been paying attention at all to the squeaks. All right, at the direction of the First Presidency, President Oaks shared that effective immediately, children of parents who identify themselves as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender may be baptized without First Presidency approval if the custodial parents give permission for the baptism and understand both the doctrine that a baptized child will be taught and the covenants he or she will be expected to make.
0: Uh-huh. You can be be baptized. baptized
3: Yay. That was nice of them. Yay. Without having to jump through all those hoops.
0: But it does say they can be baptized, but remember they will be taught that your homosexual marriage is an abomination Mm -hmm. before the Lord and will keep you from joining them in the afterlife.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Coming up. A non-member parent or parents, including LGBT parents, left out the queue, can request that their baby be blessed by a worthy Melchizedek priesthood holder. Ah. These parents need to understand that congregation members will contact them periodically, and that when the child who has been blessed reaches eight years of age, a church member will contact them and propose that the child be baptized. I don't understand why they're like, he's taking it to that level of detail. I like think keep he in wants mind, to know. If you, if you get your baby blessed, we're going to keep tabs on them, and we'll probably want to, It's like if you give them, if you give a moose a muffin, they're going to want to get
5: baptized too.
0: <laughs> I I actually think that's at least forthcoming. There, I mean, there's so much kind of not bait and switch, but so much attention smuggled on the members and pressure smuggled in in just the way that we baptize people from the few discussions. And then, oh, by the way, you're also expected to do this and that. And we didn't tell you anything about what happens in the temple. You know, at least they're being <laughs> clear from, from the get-go here that if you have your child blessed in the LDS church, we're gonna push him to be baptized. So it, don't it, be surprised. Don't say we didn't warn you.
3: Yeah, it feels to me kind of like he he's going, All right, you liberal Mormons that think that you're separate from the main body of Mormons, we're gonna let you we're gonna let you have these same things that other Mormons have, but don't think that you'll get to have your separate identity as liberal Mormons. You're, you're going to have to be one of us. If, if you're doing this, you got to be all in. So just prepare yourself for it, people. See, yeah,
2: Maybe, but I also thought it was, that's how I read it. Circum- circumventing people. That's like, okay, we'll allow our kid to be blessed or baptized or whatever. That's fine. But just stop harassing us. Mm. And this is their way of saying, Hey, we have a
0: right now.
3: We're going to we, harass you. you right. <laughs> So I think a chance to harass you.
0: Well they also, you know, the church has always discouraged cafeteria Mormons or right. people who are culturally Mormon yeah. who want to baptize their baby because you had a baby, you want to have some kind of right to welcome the child into the world and so and you were blessed and your grandfathers were blessed and your <laughs> aunts and uncles and cousins and all of the rest, were nephews and nieces were blessed so you just want to take the kid to church and bless them and be done with it and they can be culturally Mormon and they're saying no 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 no. we're gonna ask them to pay tithing
2: it doesn't work like that yeah right we're gonna need a little more from you
3: and by the way LGBT people it's 12% for you but he didn't talk about <laughs> that <anymore. All> right. <laughs> Previously, our handbook characterized same-gender marriage by a member as apostasy. While we still consider such a marriage to be a serious transgression, it will not be treated as apostasy for purposes of church discipline. Instead, the immoral conduct in heterosexual or homosexual relationships will be treated in the same way. It does now, this-
4: not compute.
2: This is this is what you are talking about before, Heather. It's like they can't. It's like they can't just say, all right, we're going to change. We're going to make these changes, whatever. And it's going to be, we're going to be more progressive. We're going to be more accepting. No, they still have to just twist the screw a little bit by saying, Oh, just so you know, it's not going to be treated as apostasy. I mean, but it's, I mean, being gay is still a serious transgression. Right. It's, it's like
0: what it is. It is a big deal that it's not treated as apostasy because apostasy is de facto excommunication and that's what it meant is that if you were in a same gender marriage you would be automatically booted from the church and that yeah. is no longer the case however we can still they're still going to treat the immoral conduct in heterosexual homosexual relationships in the same way that's impossible
5: well, they well sp- the
0: homosexual they sp- conduct homosexual relations are treated as mortal sins and excommunicable sins and heterosexual sex in a committed relationship is treated as normal.
3: Yeah, there are excommunications so though, Heather.
0: This, this just doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Instead, the immoral conduct. Yeah. Well, the problem is homosexual relationships, uh, um, homosexual sexual relations within a committed marriage are de facto immoral conduct. Mm -hmm. so so now you can get married you can to someone of the same gender but you just can't have sex with them now you can get married too you just still can't have sex
5: well
2: yeah see this is this is what's problematic about this part is because they're keeping the door open to church discipline still of course but they're separating from like you said heather from apostasy which is de facto excommunicado (laughs) but Mm -hmm. instead now they're like all right we're not going to We'll, we'll keep that door closed on apostasy, but we're going to keep the door open to any investigations on church discipline in regards to the law of chastity. Because now they can, like you said, they can take a gay couple that are legally married and say, are you guys having sexual relations? That still violates the law of chastity. We're going to still have to do a church court on both of you. That's why I hate this. That's why I feel like it's not me.
0: If a distinction without a difference.
3: Well, it's a it's a it's a cosmetic change. It's a superficial cosmetic change because they recognized over the last three and a half years they got tired of people calling them bigots, but they realized they were being called, called bigots because theory. they put this huge target on their chest that said, "If you're a gay person and you know legally married, you're gonna we're gonna call you an apostate." Now they're going, "Oh, okay, we're gonna take that target off of our chest and we're just gonna say." Uh, any kind of Im- immoral violation of chastity, it's still excommunicable, but it's not because you're gay. It's just because it's a sexual sin, just like any other sexual sin.
5: Yeah. But it's
3: superficial cosmetic change. Right. To, 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 to try and distance themselves from the claim of bigot, I think.
0: And the problem is people who were kicked out of the church as apostates for being in same gender marriages uh, or in same gender relationships, like our good friend, Andrew, Mm. will kind of look at this and say, uh, all right, so do I get reinstated? Do I get some kind of apology? And let me just, spoiler alert, you absolutely do not, because people have the same questions about um, blacks in the priesthood and people who were uh, excommunicated for opposing the church's stance on um, all uh, or non-black priesthood and no one was reinstated no apologies were issued no one was uh, told uh, no one had the scarlet a for apostasy ripped from their chest just the, the policy was, was was issued and no reparations were made yeah. that's what nor will they heart- be that's
2: what breaks my heart is that people you know whether if they're LGBT or whatever, if they believe and they want to be members of the church, like you said, Heather, if they want to, if they actually think, Oh, this means that I can go back. I, I'm no longer an apostate. Um, and then they take the steps forward to try to reintegrate, themselves back into their ward and their church services and all that stuff. They're still going to be hit with resistance. And it breaks my heart that they're, they're just trying to do what they want to do to what they feel like is in harmony with their beliefs. But, It's not, it's not like they're rolling out the red carpet by any means, you know, it's, that's why, that's why it irks me. It's like, okay, maybe I guess it's, is it a baby step? That's why I keep thinking, is this a baby step? I guess it it kind of is, but but it's also like they're slapping, there's not
3: a baby step. You you know how, when you're watching babies take their first step, they like take a couple steps and then they fall on their ass. (laughs) This is the fall on their ass part of the baby step.
0: And this but is the, like trying to get back up again. Yeah, they're helping <laughs>
3: him walk, so. they,
6: and
0: then they push him down.
6: Yeah, I, was, I don't know what it is. All right, it's, all right.
0: I, I want to be treated as a hero for saving the cat from the fire when I torched the house. Oh,
3: yeah. do you know what I used to do as a kid—torch <laughs> houses. Uh, no, but I, I would. I I had a very unique way of playing with caterpillars. I, I would I would find these caterpillars. I mean, we're talking about like six or seven years old. So when I was baptized, I got. Like all these sins were forgiven, so this is just a story at this point.
2: It sounds like a serial
3: killer prelude, dude. It kind of is very dexterous, a little bit. So I, I, I would take the caterpillar, I would put it in my dog's water dish, I would watch it wiggle until it stopped wiggling, and it was floating there, and then I'd pick it up and I'd put it on the sidewalk and. And I would kind of blow on it to like give it mouth to mouth, like <laughs> you know, like, and then and then it would start wiggling again and moving. And I'm like, yeah, you go caterpillar, you go caterpillar. And it it would be heading towards the grass because that's like home safety. And I'm like, I knew that as soon as it got in the grass, it would think it'd be home free. So it gets in the grass, and then I pick it up and I put it right back in the water. I, <gasps> I would spend hours, hours playing that game as a kid. So maybe you that's what I, it was, I, hey. It was pre-baptism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Nothing> <laughs> it's pre-baptism. Nothing counts.
3: forgiven of it.
0: Uh, I was trying to explain baptism to my seven-year-olds who are turning eight in May, and uh, it just there's so many flaws in the doctrine that you don't see when you're a member. Or you explain away like. All of your sins will be forgiven you, and also you have no sins because you yeah. haven't
5: reached the shape. of accountability. Like any yeah.
0: smart kid would be like, "I'm seven, I'm living it up. Yeah. I can do no wrong. Yeah. I'm gonna kill all the caterpillars."
3: Did, did you listen to the Julia Sweeney letting go of God? She I she talked not. about that with the for for the Catholics. That's how she starts it off when her parents told her that
6: she was the age of accountability. Anyway, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thought. this. This next sentence is exactly on point. The very positive policies announced this morning should help affected families. Does that mean that the very negative policies that were announced seven months ago are the ones that affected those families? I mean, is there a sort of an implicit admission there that if these new policies, which just undo the old policies are so positive,
3: no, those policies That the policies initial policies were, policies were negative? No, those po- policies were positive too, Heather.
0: Yeah, Every, somehow... Everything, everything they do is
3: positive.
7: <laughs> Come on.
0: Yes, it's all positive. Whatever we say is positive.
7: It's all good.
0: In addition, our members' efforts to show more understanding, compassion, and love should increase respect and understanding among all people of goodwill. I like that. I mean, they are trying to teach their members to show more love, compassion, and understanding. I think that... Is genuine. Isn't and that I think kind they of? Re, are really hoping that that will engender respect and understanding from all people of goodwill and good luck with that. Because what? I'm sorry. I, I don't know how much risk. Do, do we get some respect? Does the church get some respect for undoing a bad policy?
3: I yes. think this is that poisoning the well move of like, the, it, that. what's that logical fallacy about like the Scotch man or something like that or the Scotsman? all good Scotsmen, or something like that. There, there, there's, I don't remember what it is, but, but this is basically saying that if you have a problem with this, then you're not a person of goodwill.
0: <laughs> That's a, Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yes. It should increase respect and understanding among all people of goodwill.
3: Yeah. So and if, if you don't if respect a or with understand
0: this, us, you are yeah. not in the subset of folks of goodwill.
3: That's right. So thank you very much for that president Oaks. You didn't fool me. <laughs>
0: This is interesting. We want to reduce the hate and contention so common today. And I think they've probably, I mean, must they have in, the, in their heart of hearts recognized that the policy of November, whatever it was, increased hate and contention?
2: That is a really good question. And part of me wants to say yes, but I'm not so sure because I, I and this is what really irks me about all this nonsense. And I've seen a lot of people call this out too. Like, where is the apology? Where is the restitution of the wrongdoings that you did? I mean, just changing it ever so slightly, or even even just baby steps or crumbs or whatever it is. That's not an apology. That's not making steps forward to restitution of a wrong. And like you said, Heather, these are implicit or subtle ways of, of saying, okay, this should be better. This is very positive. This, this will help. That's, that is implicitly saying that, okay, maybe we might've did a oopsie or a kind of a wrong or whatever, but they won't actually acknowledge, they won't apologize. And, and I, what just blows my mind, do they, do they not realize how good it would be if they did?
3: No, they do not. How
2: many okay. People- would step forward and say, are they are they actually following Christ's example and, and apologizing? Are they following the repentance process by saying, yeah, we, we kind of messed up on this. We apologize. We're going to fix it from here on forward. You know, the Lord actually corrected our our misdoings or whatever, and and y'all should be happy with what we're doing now. Wait, wait. when did
0: Jesus ever think, say he
3: was sorry about anything?
0: <laughs> right. Here, here's what I think about that, Tom. I'm hurt by the fact that they won't apologize. It bothers me, but it doesn't surprise me in the least. And I when agree. people say why won't they su- why won't they apologize? I think you are asking a penguin to fly. I mean, it looks like it has wings and it could do it. I mean, they they know they've screwed up and they could apologize, but there is no way that the church can ever apologize for why? any of its policies because that admits
5: we that were they wrong. are
0: not a revelatory church. Yeah. That they are not the true and living church as guided by an infallible, omniscient creator. I would If argue- you admit that your policies and your doctrines are subject to change or that you made a whoopsie, then you're not the only true and living church on the face of the earth. And Why- they, that's a corner that they've painted themselves into, and they can't unpaint themselves without turning into the community of Christ, which wouldn't be a bad thing which is is not a bad thing but it's not where they're headed or it's not where they're willing to go i mean that is the day when pigs fly or penguins fly
5: it's
0: when the mormon church apologizes uh,
2: but but your metaphor implies that it's impossible for them to apologize i think it's very possible and i even think if you look at the catholic church apologizing for the sex abuse scandals and stuff like that that is something that i think
0: but that wasn't a policy or a doctrine that was the the problems of of I mean, individual people who were... I mean, I mean the, the church never had a doctrine that it was okay for the clergy to turn into a pederasty, a pederasty is that right? And abuse children.
2: Fair That's enough. That's a big but, difference. But it's setting, the, it's setting the stage, setting the standard that apologies can be given. And yeah, it's not doctrine or policy or anything like that. But the fact that the Pope can actually come out and say we have made grave errors we've made mistakes even even in something like that which is you know everybody agrees is atrocious so okay that's cool but even just if that's just the crack in the foundation that a church can issue an apology that to me is like okay cool i to, I, th- I still think it's possible without you know turning you know telling a penguin it can fly or whatever i i I think it's very very possible and in fact i think i really am hopeful and optimistic that it still will happen that the church will apologize for things they still i think they need to apologize for the blacks and the priesthood like there's a list of things that they could easily
0: apologize for without
2: losing too much face
0: I I don't think so. I think that the stakes are just too high. When you've raised it to the level of revelation, you can't apologize. If it were just a policy, and that's what they try to cast and frame the uh, doctrine of that excluded blacks from the priesthood for so long as it's just a policy, but not a doctrine. Although there, and even doctrine is not the same thing as revelation. Revelation is on the upper echelons. Yeah, but, and you just can't, you can't apologize for a revelation.
2: But this is, the, this is the closest that I can recall the church actually saying these, we've made some positive changes that happened a few years ago. So this, this is the closest thing that I've seen the church say, okay, we might've made a misstep without actually saying they made a misstep.
0: All right. Well, one of us is right. And one of us is wrong. I hope, and <laughs> I truly sincerely hope that you are right. Because I would give so much to see the church apologize. I really, really hope that you are right. But I will bet you a million dollars they'll never apologize for it. Yeah. In, in my heart
2: of hearts, I know you're probably well,
3: right. Well, I, I think what Tom's saying is they, they could if they were different than what they are. And what you're saying, Heather, is they'll never be different from what they are.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course they could, and of course they should. But yeah, I, I, this is just not that bird.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's a different bird. All
0: right. Should we finish it out? Whose turn is it?
3: Yeah. Well, what, what, So they, he, he had this sentence that you read, we want to reduce the hate and contention so common today. Yeah. He's not talking about like things that they do that are hateful or contentious. He's talking about the hate and the contention that they receive from other people who call them bigots. He's basically, right. we want people to stop calling us bigots. We want it's people a, to stop hating us. So, all right, fine. All right, fine. We'll get rid of this stupid thing.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because that almost sort of uh, sounds like them playing the victim card.
3: Like, oh, you think? Really, you really? The saints that have been persecuted from the days of Kirtland would really. Like why would to they play the victim card? Yeah, I know. All right, let's the, wrap. The, the, the righteous are well, always. They always suffer for Jesus' sake.
0: Right. I mean, card. they the LDS Church. Got branded as the Church of Hate by supporting the Prop 8 uh, campaign in California, and they're trying to rebrand themselves by saying we want to reduce hate. I swear, I swear, we're not pro hate.
3: Yeah. With no, no
0: Nazis here. Nothing to see.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Pro- what Prop 8? I, I don't. Re- we didn't even remember that that was a thing.
3: All right. These new policies are being sent. Wait, did we finish it? Did we finish the the we are optimistic? Did you read that part?
0: Um, Wait, where's the we are optimistic?
3: It's it's midway through that paragraph. I don't think that we finished. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, read that.
2: We are optimistic that a majority of people, whatever their beliefs and orientations, long for better understanding and less contentious communications. That is surely our desire and we seek the help of our members and others to attain it
3: yeah and to me that's that's in the same spirit of uh the people of goodwill you know yeah. so again it's saying if, if you guys like have are contentious with us then that just means that you're the bad ones they're also and it's c- also
0: just that little civility yeah. bs well, we want we long for less contentious communications can't we all speak can't we all control our tone I don't like the way you said that, when really it runs far deeper, and it's it's doctrines that exclude people from the highest blessings that we're taught are available to any of Christ's children on the basis of who they're attracted to.
2: I know. All right. These new policies are being sent to priesthood leaders worldwide and will be included in online updates to our church handbook for leaders. These changes do not represent a shift in church doctrine related to marriage or the commandments of God in regard to chastity and morality. That's curious. I wonder what that means. The doctrine of the plan of salvation and the importance of chastity will not change. These policy changes come after an extended period of counseling with our brethren in the quorum of the 12 apostles and after a fervent united prayer to understand the will of the lord on these matters
0: it's just what you said before tom just to be clear you're all are still sinners <laughs> it, just to be clear if you're having sex within a homosexual marriage you're still a grievous sinner that's, that's why i feel like
2: it, it would this would come across so much better if they just wouldn't if, if they just wouldn't like twist the screw of say, by the way, you guys are still committing serious transgressions. You're still living in sin. Just so you know, we don't agree with same sex attraction or however they want to categorize it. It's like, they just can't just be civil on their side. They can't, why can't you guys just say, we want to accept you guys and we're going to, we're going to work for that. But no, they, they just have to slap them in the face still.
3: But at least they're doing it fervently, Tom. Didn't you read the word fervent? Did, didn't, that, didn't that warm your cockles of your heart? Well, and, and that's, that's the problem.
2: I, I, as, as a former believer, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I don't want to fall into that stereotype like, oh, the church can never, never do anything right. Not even like this, Tom. The, the church can't do anything right. And, I, and it's like, no, I gave him a golf clap
0: earlier.
1: Is that Jake. Hey, what's up, guys? Yay!
0: Hey! Oh, my gosh. You're going to make me cry. Surprise! Jake, it's so good to see you. Yeah, what's
3: going on? And this, dear listeners, I know don't hate me, it's the sealed portion of this episode. Things that are just too sacred that Heather and Tom and I experienced in our conversation with Jake just too sacred it's it's like pearls before swine you know i mean no no offense no offense or anything but uh we'll have jake on in a little bit we'll have jake on a little i mean he was he was dead a couple of months ago he's back now give him some time give him some time we love jake we had a really nice chat with him kind of changed uh what we were talking about changed the way that we were thinking about this whole thing a little bit so let's get right back after the sealed portion, that is.
1: Okay. All right. All right. And Tom, thank you for the card. That was hilarious. Sorry your heart tried to kill you. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's
3: nice. Cool. Awesome. You love, um, bro. It's a good all right. scene. All right. See you, Jake.
2: That took all the wind out of my sails, man. I'm not
3: s- angry. See? Yeah. See, oh, now how important is the Mormon church.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like... nothing else matters
3: i I think i was angry about something i think i was irked about something
2: was
0: was i on a rant earlier
2: i don't give a shit freaking jake (laughs) he's looking good he sounded good oh man
0: which reminds me that glenn's initial text to me was like did you hear there's do you want to do some kind of thing about it i just really couldn't be bothered and couldn't care less and my apathy is at an all-time high (laughs) but (laughs)
5: Try to record something. Yeah. Do you want
2: to? Because I don't. I mean, but right. if you want to, maybe I will. I don't know. Right.
3: No, seriously. I mean, it's been it's been really really tough for me to get motivated to do anything. Infants wise okay. for a while. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. You and me both. Stuff going on, but so, I know, you know. I really.
0: I really wanted to do something when they changed the, uh, the temple covenants for women, because that's been, I know
3: we talked about that demands and even, for so long. I even told our listeners that you were going to do something and then they keep emailing and going, when is Heather's good? And then they think that I'm the one keeping you from doing it. Like, why don't you, you have know, Heather on?
0: <laughs> I had, I had recordings scheduled twice and then life got in the way for too many people. Yeah. I still, I still want to talk about it. I mean, it would be okay. much the same conversation where, yeah, they should totally have done this and they should have done this many years ago and we should yeah. all be happy that they did this, but it's hard to rejoice when there's so much further to go.
2: Yeah. Well, now, now you have a transcript out there where you can actually like read the, what it was before and what it's now.
0: Right. Maybe we'll get to it. I hate to make promises because I feel like I made that promise twice and Oh,
3: It's all right. There's so much Heather love out there. You could stand in the middle of uh, Times Square and shoot somebody and (laughs) nobody would even remember they voted for Donald Trump.
0: I just grab him by the pussy. I don't even wait,
3: I just miss him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you're famous, you can get away with that kind of stuff. So do do we have anything to wrap up this this, uh, silly retraction by the church normally known as Mormon? I have a
2: few tweets that I was wanting to read. All right. Yeah.
3: Read some tweets.
2: So obviously my first thought was Tyler Glenn. Mm.
6: Cause if, obviously. Any,
2: if anybody was thinking about, you know, originally with the November policy, I mean, t- to me, Tyler Glenn probably took it harder than most people I'm even aware of. Mm. Yeah. He, yeah. His his whole life went upside down. Anyway. So I looked up on Twitter and his first tweet um, was, we are not crumbs. We must not accept crumbs. And then right after that, he he includes the New York Times article about the Mormon Church will allow the children, of LGBT couples, to be baptized. And then he says, this very policy personally sent me and my family on a complete life course shift. Don't forget the lives that were lost to suicide, the pain this policy caused in so many families. This, quote, correction has nothing to do with actual LGBT and everything to do with baptism numbers. And then who is it? Uh, Dan Reynolds, right? Dan Reynolds says progress doesn't happen overnight. It happens in small steps today. We're one step closer. Oh, Mm -hmm.
6: blah, blah, blah. One step closer to what?
2: He's the guy that does the love loud stuff. I know who Dan Reynolds is. You have to give him his due. I, I I mean, he's done a lot of good, so.
3: Yes, he definitely has. And I respect Dan Reynolds tremendously. Absolutely, I do. But actually, one step sorry. closer to what? <laughs> Progress. One, one step closer
6: to what?
2: Well, that's what I mean by baby steps, crumbs, all that stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. for me, I wanted to look to those people that were actually affected by the November policy and a guy like Tyler Glenn where his whole life went upside down because of that, that was, that was the catalyst for him.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I want to express my gratitude for the Mormon church, Tom, when you're done. So go ahead. What? Go ahead and finish up and then I'm going to express my gratitude for the Mormon church.
5: Okay. Okay. No.
0: What I, what I do want to say though, is you could, you got to somehow be able to do both. You got to be able to rejoice when they, take a step in the right direction or undo a step in the wrong direction without that meaning that you're forgetting about all of the people who are hurt. It's like, you know, when World War II ends or the Civil War ends or something like that, you've got to have a ticker tape parade and be freaking excited that it's over. And that doesn't mean that you've forgotten how many lives were lost or at what cost the victory came. I mean, you yeah. have to be able to do both. Like this is a really great This is a wonderful, wonderful day for many, many people who are still members of the church and for their families. And we should allow them to rejoice and we should rejoice with them without forgetting just how hurtful this whole situation has been.
2: Exactly. Yeah, you said it so great there, Heather. It's it's a dance. We want to we do want to give them applause for the step forward, I guess, because it is going to help a lot of people. Yeah, but it, it's hard to not acknowledge the pain that has been caused by it. You know, it's like, okay, good job LDS Church, but just for a second, let's not forget, you know, all the damage and the bodies left in your wake. And
3: that, and that's exactly what I want to express my gratitude to the Mormon Church for, for providing that conflict and contrast to members lives who are who are seeking for some kind of a way of finding peace and finding who they are and and they bump up against stupid stuff like this that the Mormon church does and it causes dissonance and it makes them have to dig really really deep inside to go wait a minute wait a minute am i going to be am, am i going to follow what i think is right cuz i used to think it was the church it's not the church anymore and they have to like learn a little bit about themselves and and flex some muscles that the church doesn't teach them how to flex on individuality. And so the church plays this really, really valuable role for people who can look at it in this sense of contrast and go, I am going to define myself not by what they're saying or what they're doing, but where I see that it's wrong and I'm going to take a stand. So thank you Mormon church for being that contrast. That's what I I'm think,
0: about. I think you sound like a person of ill will.
3: Really? Yeah. <laughs>
2: the bitter exmo stereotype. I mean it. I mean it. You want so you want LDS members to deal with that cognitive dissonance, the uh, disillusionment
3: of oh crap, what do I do? I want everyone to. You want everyone? But but but, but This mainly, is the guy I'm who just,
0: grounds caterpillars. I yeah, used to. I forgot I've about
3: changed. <laughs> I've changed, Heather. Now I <laughs> tear the wings off of butterflies.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez.
3: No, I'm just great. I'm just grateful that the church played that role in my life. And so I'm projecting that onto everybody else. But I I'm I I I've come out of this struggle, at least where I am right now, having gone through what I've gone through and all the things that we've talked about on podcasts and things like that. Just I really do just feel grateful for the Mormon church and the struggles that I had with it because I've learned more about myself that way and I feel I feel more confident about my sense of values and my sense of worth than I ever did as part of a church that would would call me worthless or say oh you're not worthy which is essentially saying you're worthless because you drink coffee or you get double ear period you know all these stupid stupid things
2: yeah that- but you're you're looking at it through rose tinted glasses here because okay. you're on, on, on a better side, but there's a lot of people and this is where I get a little more empathetic towards those that are struggling with the conflict in their minds because of all this.
5: Yeah. Because it's like
3: a, it's like a caterpillar struggling to break out of a cocoon
5: yeah, and, and the mother. church
3: plays this, this, this cocoon thing that people just want to be safe inside of it. Good.
1: Be safe inside of it.
3: If you want to claw your way out of it, you claw your way out of it and then you can be a butterfly and, and rip glenn wing- will rip your wings, off. <laughs> rip wings yeah, off and hold your
2: head underwater <laughs> yes yeah some people some people <laughs> stay in that struggle or don't come out for the better sure that's all i mean maybe yeah glenn you came out you know better and and i can even say me <laughs> i feel like i have but there's, there's some people that don't some people that it permanently damages
3: oh i'm permanently damaged by it too for sure Okay. So
2: you're permanently damaged too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but there's, but
3: there's joy in the healing of it. I guess. Kumbaya. I'll pick up that guitar behind me and start singing Kumbaya. You want to do that? I don't know how to play Kumbaya. So what do you think, huh? Kumbaya. You know, we haven't done a SmackDown like that in a long time. We're we maybe a little rusty? I don't even think we were a little rusty. I think that was like riding a bike, like right into a tree. And um, anyway, kumbaya and all that. We got to hear from Jake a little bit and Heather, Tom, and just for shits and giggles. And hopefully there aren't any real shits for this. How about an extended Easter egg of that whole disney song for mormon kids thing that we did three and a half years ago huh you want to hear that because i love re-releasing it i mean I, it's one of my favorite things that we've ever done so why don't you enjoy that and then uh, tune in for the next time there's an episode of infants on thrones and um come support us on patreon i mean if you haven't done it already What's your problem? It's a world
1: of laughter, a world of fun. Where are senior diet to save everyone? But if your thoughts are gay, then you just have to wait. It's a straight world after all. It's a straight world after all. It's a straight world after all. cases of your dead upon you fall. It's a straight. World, there is just one church and
7: one prophet true, and he talks to God and to me and you. It's important to know if you're down another man blows, then God has a special plan just for you. You
1: can watch your friends get baptized, but, but you, you can't. You can watch them get the priesthood, but, but you, you can't. Can you can watch them go on, youth terrible trips, but, but you, you can't, can't. Cause, it's Cause it's a straight world after all It's a straight you world after all It's a straight world after all It's a straight
5: world after all It's a straight world after all
2: This is Infants on Thrones of men mingled with humor. We are the core.
6: To be human too. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. This is Glenn Hosland doing a bad Casey Kasem slash Will Forte Saturday Night Live Sports Guy slash radio announcer voice to bring you another top musical countdown thingy. No, it's not disco this time. But, hey there, do you love the Mormon Church? And do you love sing-along smackdowns of the Mormon Church? And do you love children? And do you love that special, most magical kingdom place on the earth to kids, Disneyland? Well, we here at Infants on Thrones wondered what would happen if we mixed all those things together. And this is what we came up with. So let's start off with our very own Bob as he gives us a glimpse into President Oaks' twisted but oh-so-straight Ziazrum Lawyer-esque brain.
8: Hello, children. My name is Elder Oaks. Sing along with me. Everybody wants to be a straight. Because the straight's the only straight Who knows how to mate But everybody's picking up that homo scene Cause every other sin is super clean Now the church with its scorn Can make you wish you weren't born Every time we speak And with faith and no facts We can send progress back To the caveman days I've heard some crazy gays who tried to explain but a straight's the only straight Whose kids can remain Who wants to dig a long head gig and stuff like that When everybody wants to be a straight Now the church with its scorn Can make you wish you weren't born Every time we speak And with faith and no facts We can set progress back To the caveman days oh, a
1: rinky-dinky-dinky Everybody wants to be a cat. straight Straight! Straight can, knows where it's at. When playing dance you always had a welcome mat Cause everybody thinks a swinging cat.
2: Straight.
9: If you want to turn me on, oh my, on, I lay your turn on, you on. I on play blow. A blow?
8: Where, where do I blow? What do I blow? Now, kids, this is very beautiful music that can be used to attract the opposite sex. Uh, gender, gen- I- I said sex, I, uh, it's very lovely, I'm just enjoying it so much. By notes, you mean... ...women. Oh, I love this part! Everybody everybody wants to be straight! Everybody! Everybody! Everybody wants to be super straight! everybody, Everybody! Everybody! Everybody wants to be super straight! Straight, 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 too, straight. In the name of homophobic Jesus, Amen. Amen indeed.
6: But let's pause this bad boy for a moment and set the table here to remind ourselves that groovy President Oaks and his friends who pretend to speak to God and set his policies on the earth just made some significant changes to the way members of the church are taught to view homosexuals and the children of homosexual parents. First, any man or woman who legally enters into a same-sex marriage is now considered an apostate. Second, any infant child of a man or woman in a homosexual relationship cannot receive a name and a blessing, cannot be baptized or confirmed when they're eight, cannot receive the priesthood and participate in male teen priesthood activities, and cannot serve a mission until they turn 18 and demonstrate to Mormon leaders that they decry and despise the practice of gender equality in marriage. But don't worry all you kids out there who might feel left behind in your peer group or ostracized in any way, because the Mormon Church is looking out for you, as explained in this song by Glenn from Toy Story, You Got a Friend in Me.
7: You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. When you're 18 and renounce your moms and that sinful lifestyle that does them harm, then you can get baptized and be confirmed. Yeah, you have a friend in me. Then you have a friend in me. I know it might sound strange. When you hear us every Sunday say Baptism, confirmation of the priesthood stuff, son The greatest need of celestial fun Your friends, i get them As you twiddle your thumbs, boy But we're only protecting you Cause somehow you got a friend in me I know we got that article of faith that says baby Man will be punished for his own sins and not for Adam's too, maybe. But don't forget, Mosiah 13, 13. For
6: I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me.
7: Because that's scripture too, we pick and choose, boy. And as the years go by, exclusion might make you cry. But don't blame us, kid, blame your dad. Cause he's the one hating on Jesus and making him mad. We're only looking out for your kids, so don't let anybody fool you. You got a friend in me. Yeah, you do, kid. You got a friend in me, kid. I'm only looking out for you. So, why don't you go tell your mom or your dad how abominable their lifestyle is and what they're keeping you from? Because you see it and you feel it every day at church, but it's you and me, kid. You You and me.
6: That's right. No need to feel bad for the kids. That's totally a myth, people. One of, I don't know, eight or nine. It's all just look, stop feeling bad for the kids, okay? This is Disney music, meant to make kids happy. So let's hear what Heather has to say about this with her take from The Little Mermaid, Poor Unhetero Souls.
4: We'll admit that in the past we've been quite nasty. They weren't kidding when they called us cruel and strange. But you'll find that nowadays we've mended all our ways, repented, seen the light, and made a change. True? No. And, well, fortunately, we have all the power. In the game of life, we make up the rules. And here lately, please don't laugh, we use them on behalf of our fellow homophobic bags of tools. Not those pathetic, poor, unfortunate souls. Those kids of gays. This one longing to be baptized, that one wants to get confirmed. And do we let them? Child, please. Those poor unhetero souls, so fierce, so bold. They'll come flocking to our chapels crying, Bless this baby, please, and will we help them? Oh, hell no.
6: All right, let's hang on a minute here. I'm not really sure what's going on right now. This is supposed to be a pro-children, pro-LDS church message, right? Uh, you know what I think we need? We need some confirmation of truth from our old friend, Holy the Ghost. Holy will bail us out here. Hey, Glenn, tell us
7: what Holy has to say. George is getting angry. When you get in trouble and you don't know right from wrong, call your little Holy. Call your little Holy. Because when kids turn eight and baptize water makes you clean. You get a little Holy. I'm your little holy. The gift of the Holy Ghost to always be with you. More special than those without this gift, cause I'll be your constant companion. Confirmation is so important, we give it to all the kids, except in certain cases. Special certain cases. Like if your dad is legally and lovingly married to another guy. So you're saying that this actually is for my own benefit and is being done to protect me? Of course! Because we love all children. And because Jesus. And we're not monsters. We just don't want you to be confused between the truth and the gay lifestyle. So you'd rather that I stay safe in the confines of that gay lifestyle than receive the baptism Jesus wants all other kids to have and have that special gift of the Holy Ghost that will help all the other kids make good decisions during the teen years, but I'm basically just shit out of luck? Uh Uh-huh, that's right. But it's not like we won't let you still get blessings when you're sick or need comfort that may not actually be effective in healing or comforting you. Wow! So, hey, if you start feeling bad, missing out on these cool things, call your little holy. Call your little holy. And maybe by the time you're 18, if you renounce the abomination of your gay parent's lifestyle, maybe just then I'll come around. Maybe.
6: You know what? I'm starting to think that this new policy isn't really progress at all. In fact, it feels a little bit like, I don't know, maybe some kind of punitive segregation policy from the 1950s. Let's see what Brother Jake has to say about that with his take from Aladdin, An Old New World.
1: I can show you a world. Where all is just as it should be Tell me, sister, when did you last let the church decide? I can open your eyes To powers of rationalization Over, sideways, and under As we try and roll back time An old, new world just like it's 1952 Because the kids of gays Are second rate And no one should forget it An old new world I think that's something I can do I'll just say it's from above And out of love Help preserve that old new world for you. We can make an old new world. Believable sights, indescribable feelings. Trying to tell people why this isn't bigotry. An old new world. It's okay to justify. This will be real. Just hold tough your breath, it me. gets better. With this stands on case In of days You can't go back to how it an used Wait, why can't they be blessed again? Just like it's 1952 Was it really that much better? You we can't can just, just roll, roll back, back time On a dime, on a dime. I, I will make an old new world way. for you That's where we'll be That's not for me A special place A screwed up place A bigger tree Families are forever,
6: am I right? High five
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how to say this, but I'm breaking up with you
6: I gotta admit it, I'm still a little confused here. Because, look everyone, the Mormon Church has been making a ton of progress over the years. I mean, just look at all the progress that it's made. Like reversing the racist priesthood ban in 1978. That's a pattern, right? That one thing that happened back then? Isn't that proof that they'll do the same thing eventually for women and for gays? Oh dear, if only there were a smart infant... Someone with a PhD ish in history who could bring instant credibility to this conundrum. I know. Let's see what John Hamer has to say about this. With his cover of A Circle of Life from The Lion King, this is one data point. <laughs>
1: Hasta diga pastor pretender ya a pretender big liar big liar no voice of the lord
10: Years and for years we have heard it. Though behind, we're on the true path. In 78, they opened the gate. Women's rights will be not far behind. We're inching our way to inclusion, letting in. All those we've kept out The lift on the band Is step one of the plan Change will come We've been left with no doubt From one day to home aware that we'll never get there That the leaders have all led astray They're committed to hate and exclusion And they're fixed on the opposite path There won't be a place for women or gays there's no end to the circle of hate. It wanted.
6: really sure what that just meant, but since John Hamer said it, I'm sure it's smart, and I'm sure it's right. And look, let's take a break from all this heavy stuff and hear what Matt and Kristen have to say about their lovely friend, Belle. I'm sure that Belle isn't a lesbian or anything like that, so there's really no need to worry. Right? Am I right here? I sure hope I'm right.
1: Mormon town, it's a perfect village. Every day, like the one before. Mormon town, full of Mormon people. Waking up to say. Hello, my name is Sister Long. There goes the bishop, he seems nice like always. Though he looks sideways at me still. Every morning just the same Since the morning that we came To this little Mormon town Good morning, Belle. Morning, Bishop Where are you off to? Seminary I just finished the most amazing story about Nephi A sword and him cutting off Laban's yeah, head Yeah, that's nice Brother Allen, I need to speak to you about Titan settlement Look, there, there she, she goes, goes that guy. girl is strange No question I hear her dad is gay as well Never named him, blessed up Wasn't baptized or confirmed. No No denying denying, she's she's a funny funny girl girl that that bell. bell. Hello. Good day. How is your family? My son, he's eight. Gonna get baptized. That's great. You know, it's so important. There must be more than. But there she goes that girl is so peculiar it's cause her father's living sin i don't think that that's her fault you know adam's transgression and all oh listen to that liberal nonsense oh isn't this alarming this is silly that no wonder that she is so liberal. She's got progressive views as well. She seems nice, but that's a facade. I'm afraid she's rather odd. Her father makes her different from the rest of us. She's nothing like the rest of us. She's different from the rest of us She doesn't quite fit in. She really is a different girl, a beauty, but a different girl. She really is a different girl.
6: Well, wasn't that simply magnificent and weird? And totally fictional, because I'm sure there aren't any real girls like that anywhere in the church. In fact, let's listen to Glenn's daughter, Shaylee tell us what it's really like to be a young, faithful, teenage girl being raised in the Mormon church. She just wants to be part of their world.
9: Maybe they're right. Maybe there is something the matter with me. I just don't see how a person who feels love for other people could be bad. Look at this church, isn't it neat? My family and friends, my whole world here complete. Wouldn't you know I'm a girl, a girl who has everything. Activity days, girls camp too. Great Sunday dresses and great Sunday shoes. Looking around here you think, sure, it has everything. I've sung hymns and borne testimonies plenty. Had group dates to stake dances galore. Dear john RM's, I've done twenty. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. I've got a secret that no one knows when I'm in love. Sometimes it's with women Not that that's wicked or gross Or that I'm a... What's that word again? Oh, apostate I love the gospel that teaches love I learned about service, forgiveness, charity Even shutting my eyes to that What's that all around me at church? Judgment and hypocrisy I want to walk, I want to run Being a Mormon's fulfilling. But can I be who I want to be and be part of this world? What would I give if I could live out in the open? But now they say if you are gay you'll impact your kids. Guess I should stay inside where it's safe and I'll just repress my emotions. Could be healthy. To be stealthy and just conform Cause I just want to love in the church I love Want to have children forever, families Don't want to hurt them or make them, what's the word? Second class kids, when's it my turn? Why can't I love? How could my heavenly father above children from me, hostage they be, to be part of his world.
6: Now, that's not what I was expecting her to say at all. What kind of lousy father would allow his daughter to come on a podcast and admit something atrocious like that for the whole world to hear? Or at least for dozens and dozens of listeners. A daughter like that will never make it to the Celestial Kingdom. She will never see Kolob. Am I right, Randy? Randy, sing us a song, Randy. Make all this pain go away.
10: See your dad can never give a
1: blowjob Or your mother
10: do whatever it is the lesbians do in bed But in our mercy we've made a way To salvation if your parents are gay when your 18 pledged loyalty To our bigotry
1: But fate, fate is kind She does stuff to those he loves
7: The truth of the everlasting gospel That we are protectors of Trust
1: us
10: still have a red flag, just in case you also turn into a
1: fag.
10: As prophets and seers, just trust we know what's best.
6: really sure if this fixating on the new Mormon children alienation and exclusion policy is really all that healthy. Maybe we should just let it go. Let it go? Hmm. Too bad there isn't a Disney song about that. There isn't. Is there, Heather? The gay
4: lifestyle is abhorrent to us and then having kids is obscene. If we keep them in isolation, maybe they won't turn into queens. Couldn't stop gay marriage now, their kids might come inside and get gay on our kids. That must be denied. Don't let the gays give their kids names. Don't let their sons join our priesthood games. Congeal our zeal. Let our hate show. So they'll just go.
6: Wow, this new policy actually has me a little worried now. Sort of afraid, actually. But maybe the leadership is afraid as well. Maybe they see the trend that the world is going, that more and more people are accepting that it really is no sin for two people of the same gender to love each other, even in icky physical ways. And maybe the church did this intentionally, to make gay parents stay hidden in the closet for the sake of keeping their kids from being alienated at church. And what's even worse, to keep their kids from having necessary ordinances withheld from them. Ordinances that they've been taught their entire lives were absolutely necessary for salvation, but now don't seem to be quite so important to the brethren as keeping the kids from having to choose between two parents with differing ideologies. That never seemed to be an issue in the past. But then again, they also used to say that one of the reasons homosexuality is so wrong is because it's unnatural and no kids can come from that union. But now, of course, there are kids, and those kids have a special scarlet letter on them and are marching out for the whole world to see. No, no, not scarlet. Pink. They're afraid of pink homo kids. They're afraid of pink homo kids on parade. Oh Glenn, what have you done to us this time? Look out, look
7: out. Pink homo kids on
6: parade. Here they come, our nation is crumbling.
7: Boy Scouts, gay herds, pink homo kids everywhere. Look out,
6: look out. They're passing the sacrament, excrement, tolerance everywhere. Gay dad, gay mom, pink homo kids love them all.
8: What should we do? What should we do?
6: Write right an, an official F.U. F.U. I recall there was a time a big argument of mine with gay people when intertwined
8: can't naturally multiply. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but now we see just how it is. There's other ways of getting kissed. We can't abide accepting this. Your <laughs> tolerance gay
6: loving minds. What a crime? Chase <laughs> him away! Chase <laughs> him away! I'm afraid. God charade. Pink homo kids on parade. <laughs>
7: Hello there, this is your brother, and I have something to say concerning these people. If they do not listen to every minute of every episode of Infants on Thrones, they shall be totally missing out. You can comment on this episode on the website infantsonthrones.com, and if you really like what you hear, give the quorum money. They could buy anything in this world with money. On second thought, just give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. A small token for which they have pledged their eternal souls. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Infants on on Thrones.